So I've always been musically influenced by the people around me. Cause like when I first started listening to music, I really didn't have I really didn't have many sources besides like the radio, like where I'm from, B96, Power 92.3, 107.5 is WGCI. And that's like all like Midwest, like Chicago like stations. So anything that was on there and like VH1 and MTV, you know, like MTV jams and uh, what was that? Headbangers ball. But then like, oh, as I got into like, so like really like Red Hot Chili Peppers, Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera. And then as I got older, my brother was definitely a big influence. So I got on a lot of like Chicago artists like Twista, Do or Die, um, Bone Thugs and Harmony. Like he listened to a little bit of South uh south hip-hop like ugk and stuff like that but really it was like midwest rappers like nelly twista people like that and then when i got into middle school that's when things really expanded um i met kids from different like different like areas so like they like introduced me to that whole like punk rock and like emo scene like taking back sunday cute is what we aim for like all those kind of bands like hawthorne heights and shit and um yeah and then after that, I just kind of always like listened to listen to those kind of like genres. And then when I got to high school is when I got introduced to country. Like I knew it was around, but I really didn't listen to it. But then like a lot of my friends would like listen to like Travis Tritt, uh, Garth Brooks, Dirk Bentley. So, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> what an eclectic mix. Yes, 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 man. Like, uh, I think being from Indiana in general and, like, so close to Chicago, like, I just got, like, the best of, like, everything. Yeah, for sure. Well, because you have all these different flavors that you can put into your own music then. Yeah, like, one thing I will say, though, which kind of trips me out, so, like, my parents, I'm not going to say they weren't big on uh, music. Like, my dad is huge on music, but he listens, like, to, like, bachata and, like, salsa not much like reggaeton, but like really like bachata, like that's his shit. So like, and my mom, she just listened to whatever was on the radio. She was never really big into music. So I never got the like oldies, you know, like I didn't get introduced to the, into the oldies until like, 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 I'm not even going to lie, like the past two, three years is like when like I started like listening to like old dudes like Otis Redding and people like that. Oh, so you had to go discover that stuff for yourself. Yeah, like, and that's, like, new, like, within the past, like, two, three years. So I've got all this music that I'm just slowly getting into. Like, uh, one of my buddies, Q, is uh, good friends with uh, Duran Jones and Indications. And I really got, like, drifted towards their sound. And that, like, reminded me a lot of, like, well, like, what, like, I came to learn, like, was, like, a Motown sound. And mm. that was just like a whole other like genre where I'm like, oh my God, like I've never heard any of this. Motown is such an incredible sound. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amazing. This is Musicians Can Thrive. A podcast community for anyone seeking to make money in the music industry. Musicians, audio engineers, managers, producers, booking agents, everyone across all niches. Welcome. My name is Gabrielle. I'm a singer-songwriter. These stories are for you. I hope they'll help you find new ways to thrive as a musician. 
Live Free is the kind of rap artist whose flow reminds you of spoken word poetry and its smoothness, whose hooks grab you and pull you deeper into the rhythm. And when the message within the flow hits you, well, let's just say if it resonates, it hits you where it hurts, in the best way. I first met Liv as the Kaleidoscopes were kicking off their single release party and introducing their project to the Austin music scene with a bang. If you missed the episode of Kira Nova, that's the first half of this two-part episode with the members of the hip-hop duo Kaleidoscopes. Make sure you get a chance to listen to that interview later. But right now, let's get to know Liv Free. So where did writing and playing your own music come into the picture? So growing up, my mom put me and my brother in whatever we wanted to do. If we wanted to draw, she bought us crayons. We wanted to play basketball, she bought us a ball. So she put me in a lot of sports and just different activities. And I remember it was like my third or fourth year, I think, playing youth hoops, which is just like a local basketball league. And this was when I was in middle school and I started really getting into the like emo scene and shit. So I was like, mom, I want a guitar. And uh, she was just like, it was more of a expensive like hobby. Like, so like, she was like, well, make it through this season. And then we'll like, think about like getting a guitar. So like literally like right after our last game, we like went to like guitar center, like right after that. And uh, so just like playing my guitar, learning from my friends, I guess just playing in my room so much, I just started like scribbling lyrics and that's kind of where it started, but I never really saw myself being the front woman. So in due time, like I found other people to jam with when I got into high school and we like started a band. So I would just like give them like my lyrics. And I guess that's all where it kind of started. Nice. So you had the high school like band experience that is <laughs> yeah. so cool yeah i was in like three bands i want to say there was one time where uh we did this battle of the band show in chicago we were so not ready but like i mean we tried it was at the aragon ballroom i believe either the aragon ballroom or no i think it was aragon well you know we're all like freshmen like ranging from freshmen to like juniors like i think our drummer was a junior me and my buddy I think we're freshmen. My buddy Dala was a sophomore and the other girl I think was still in eighth grade. Anyways, we're all on stage and the lead singer gets stage fright, walks off stage. So then I walk off stage and then the drummer walks off stage and then the bass player was just like so like in it. Like he like didn't like realize everybody walked off stage. Not one of our finer moments, but. Oh uh, my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It was a uh, it was an experience, and I'm like man, like all of our family was there and shit. <laughs> man, <laughs> and like uh, actually, so and then that was one of the first bands I was in. One of the last bands I was in was called In Drama, and we had this one song, and I released the EP under Live Free called No Stress, and the song March Fourth. That like chorus, that hook. I actually wrote that when I was in high school. It just happened to work so well with a song I was working on years later. Oh, 
That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. So now I'm definitely going to add that song into this episode. Awesome. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Yes. Uh, shout out to my dude, Mike Golden. Uh, he's an artist from uh, Chicago. And yeah, he's dope. Uh, he's featured on that track. That's awesome. Knowing something is the hardest part Knowing nothing makes it fall apart Holding on and grasping strong Doing this but not for long Not for long I'm not for long No, no, no were you ever told on ice like this? That tomorrow I'm supposed to leave the brighter days? Well, it's 98 degrees that I even rock short sleeves out and I'm cool with the breeze, but hell, I'm supposed to know when the sense of release found. Cause for me, it only lasts a minute. Swear that I'm living, but I'm really probably tripping. I mean, it's obvious, isn't it? That I sound like everybody else around here. Go ahead, tell them that I do. So you can keep on with that, but I get right back to my shit. Gotta take my mama and my homies to the islands. They didn't know I'm black, all black, just a stallion. In my CD in every store, there's an island. I'm getting pissed off, but not a child. I come ahead and take me so long, only to take it back to where it all started. Knew I wanted this shit before I even had a chance to want it. Even though it's heartaches and hardships, left me all alone. No friends to spark with it, do nothing. But every day I'm really out trying to do something. Every day I'm really out trying to do something Knowing something is the hardest part Knowing nothing makes it fall apart Holding on and grasping strong Doing this but not for long Not for long No, not for long No, no, no Knowing something is the hardest part Knowing nothing makes it fall apart Holding on and grasping strong Doing this but not for long Not for long So how did you get from... I'm assuming somewhat garage band to rapping. Oh my God. Uh, one of the biggest impacts on just my progression in music, me getting into it is my brother. And I remember he was voicing how he wanted to like start rapping or just write a rap. I don't fucking know. But like, uh, can I cuss also? Oh, absolutely. We're okay. musicians. Right. Like, <laughs> I'm not trying to censor myself. <laughs> okay, cool. So yeah, like uh, there was just this one day where he was just like, I want to rap or I don't know exactly how it came about, but I was writing like, so like I was in garage bands, everybody was too busy to be into music. So I just started hanging out with my friends more, ended up like getting rid of all my shit. Years later, a couple years later, I got bored of just hanging out with my friends. So I decided to buy a guitar and I just bought an acoustic and I just started at least writing like melodies, writing some lyrics again. Well, then when my brother told me that he wanted to do that, I decided to like write him a rap and I wrote him a rap and he loved it and he never did anything with it. So then I guess that's where it started. Like, and I remember like a couple weeks later, like a week later, I was having these like parties at my apartment and this one dude named Salute, where I'm from, he was just like, he was, he's just such a good like freestyler and he can, I don't know, make a song right there. Like, so I decided all drunk that I was going to go grab my guitar and show everybody this rap. And I guess that's how it all started. So shout out to my brother. <laughs> oh, I love that story. <laughs> I wish I was in the room for that party. <laughs> oh, man, it was, man, like, I think I did that every night for like two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so... Did you kind of know for years before that you wanted to build a life around music or did that just kind of come as a surprise to you? 
you know how you are watching something and you're like, man, like I would love to do that one day. Mm-hmm. I guess I just thought that enough until it slowly kept happening. Like I never like, I mean, like even when like I first started being in like bands, I never saw myself being on a microphone, like let alone being the main source of the vocals, like never. It was just like, I'm cool just being a part of this, like just being able to play like a rhythm and just be in sync with all these people. I thought that was beautiful. And I thought if I could just keep expanding that and be a part of something. So no, I I, I never thought I would be, or be even pursuing exactly what I'm doing right now. But just by keep wanting to be a part of something, I guess it just kept, showing me more opportunities like even when I started getting into music like bands and stuff after like so many like practices I was the one like that suggested how do we go about like recording this stuff and like putting it on a cd you know like and had I known that we could just buy a laptop and a mic and just work with what we got I probably would have like moved forward on that but I didn't even know that was a thing like I didn't know you could I thought you had to go to like an actual studio to ever even do a demo, you know? Mm. But um, yeah, just by sticking with it and always coming back to it, I guess I just kept dreaming bigger day by day. And um, I think once I showed people that rap, it was like a, it was like a high, like, and I just wanted to feel it again. So I went back and I wrote another rap. And so, yeah, like I didn't, I didn't always know but I always knew I wanted to be a part of it. And I didn't know how, but I guess time, uh, time tells all. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you kept getting a nudge to go this way and that way. And you just followed it until you found where you needed to be. Yes, yes, most definitely. That's fantastic. <laughs> so if I remember correctly, you had a friend who helped you start getting shows as a rapper around Chicago. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, which is, he is still right by my side. That is, uh, that's my brother. It's my best friend. It's it's my buddy, Nick Kluch. Uh He was actually at that party and uh, was like, right after that was just like, I don't know if it was after the first one because like after that I started like writing like more raps and I just had like a lot of parties at this apartment. So there would come a time in the night where I would turn on instrumentals and whoever was there would rap. And I was the one that had to like pull out a piece of paper, but it was still dope, you know, like people like, <laughs> fucked with it, but I can't freestyle. I was never off the dome right away. Like I was the one who was just like, all right, like we're rapping now. I would run to my room, grab my notebook, come back out and like join the circle. But, like, nobody, like, made me, like, feel, like, weird about that. So I think that was super, super cool. But, yeah, so Nick was there for, like, a lot of those parties. And I remember him saying one day, I don't know if it was right after the first rap or one of them, he was like, yo, you should record that. And I was like, why would I record that? And he's like, so you could perform it. I'm like, where would I perform it? And he's like, at a show. I'm like, what shows? Because, like, I mean, like I, like I said, like, I'm from Indiana. And... I'm not saying that there's not people that don't do this in Indiana, just the circle I was in, the community I was within, it just wasn't really heard of. And, mm-hmm. but a couple of days later, he's like, yo, I found a show. So like, we actually, he actually helped me 
like just get started just to perform at this show. And that was actually my first hip hop show I've ever been to was my own show. <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> I had never been to anything rap related before. It was always like rock shows or like a show at like a festival, which ended up being like a rock or like a country show. But um, yeah, so ever since then, you know, um, and even then, like he helped me, like he's like, all right, at the show, we got to hand out CDs. So he found me a local home studio and we just, he, I don't know, like really like when like I think about it, like we weren't doing anything anyway. So he just saw that I had potential and just kind of mapped out like, yo, like you write a song. I could figure out the rest. So he would like mm. find me a studio. We printed it on a CD, got a show and just kept on doing that over and over. I love that. Cause I feel like sometimes the hardest part to getting started is knowing what to do. And so oh he was God, able yes. to help you just navigate all that with no friction pretty much. Yeah, like none whatsoever. Like I say till this day, like if he could rap, he would already be like on like or doing it or whatever it is, like quote unquote, like making it is like he would just already be in the flow of it, you know, because when I first started, I didn't know left from right. I just knew that I liked to make music and he enjoyed it so much that he's just like, people need to hear this. Like people need to hear you. It's different. It sounds, it feels good. And yeah, he's just never really questioned anything. Like, it's like the moment he has an idea, he'll go research and he'll just apply it. And if it isn't it, then he'll research some more and apply a different method. Wow. What an asset. What a great person <laughs> to have in your corner. Yes, yes. And a great friend at that, too. He's just a, he's just like an all-around, just a great guy. Well, that's always helpful, too. So... I can really understand now why when you came to Austin and eventually started this duo, the Kaleidoscopes with Kira Nova, why you asked Nick to keep helping. Oh yes, yes, yes. Um, and like, it's so like me and Nick did our thing for a couple years and I mean, she's, he put me in rooms and put me on stages. I didn't think I would touch, you know, I've done shows with like, opened up for, I don't want to say with, but like opened up for like my very first show. I opened up for Raekwon, um, of like the Wu-Tang Clan. Uh, Whoa. Yeah. Like that was my first show. Like I opened up, don't get me wrong. I had to sell tickets, but like we have a picture somewhere on the internet, but it's like our, like, man, like 10, 15 of our friends, a bunch of my family came out. So like we sold every ticket, but we definitely did some like pay to play shows where we couldn't sell tickets, but we still got on the stages. But yeah, like, so that was the first one I've done. Uh, I've opened up, like, he's gotten me to open up for, like, Tech 9 MGK, Yo Gotti, Funk Volume, which is, like, Hobson, Dizzy Wright, um, David Morris, like, yeah. So Damn, we've done, girl. Like, yeah. So then, like, when I came to Austin and me and Kira Nova, which is my baby, I love that girl to death, when we just started kaleidoscopes like we didn't even know what kaleidoscopes was yet we just started writing and making music and then once we had this music we did a show then we decided to put out some of the songs on a project didn't even think of doing a collab project it was just Karen Nova live free and as we were thinking of a title and how to label it on the internet we were like let's just think of one like entity and um 
eventually through writing lyrics and as the weeks passed, kaleidoscopes came about. And then once we had the artwork, the picture and everything, and I like listened to it a bunch of times, I like brought it up to Akira. I was like, yo, like, I think you should meet my buddy. And everything that you love about what I did and what I do, like, you know, like, I wouldn't know half of that. I wouldn't know how half of those things without him or he just helped me bring, he just helped me bring myself to those places. So I think if you guys like vibe, I think we should all work together. I'm not saying like, I'm not like suggesting anything. I just think that you guys should meet and talk. And if you guys like hit it off, I think we can all really do something with this. So they eventually, all of us, like got on like a three-way call. They chopped it up, talked about, uh, talked to them afterwards about how they both felt and everybody felt good about it granted nick and her like had like never met so um it was still like a, let's just take it slow this and that and they hit it off every conversation they just like grew like to like know each other more and uh, yeah like once like i heard and saw exactly what we had because like me and nick had stopped working together for a couple years but we were always like really good friends still and i would always like send him like demos uh, ever since like me like being in Austin of just like yo like, this is what I'm working on this is this is my flow or these are my words or the beat selections and then it just everybody was down so I definitely knew that he had to be a part of this I love that I think my favorite thing at this point in time is finding people that they just I guess, approach the world in a way that is very similar to how you do. And so you're able to collaborate and, uh, what's the word, amplify the work that you're doing so much more than you could by yourself. Yes, yes, most definitely. And, like, that's one thing, like, I think I've learned the most and what music has, like, transposed over into my actual life is you can't do anything alone. I mean, you can, and that's super dope, but like, it always takes a team no matter what. Like to start, Uh I guess, yeah, by yourself, but no matter what, to elevate anything, even yourself, it takes a team, you know? That's what your family's for, it's what your friends are for. And in music, I've learned, those are the people I wanna work and collab with, even if they're like strangers. Like if I can't see you being a potential friend or family, like, I don't know, like, Maybe we can just like support each other. We don't have to work with each other, but I like Mm. to work with my friends and family, even if they're strangers one day, I'm like, I would hope both of our intentions are to turn each other into friends and family. Yeah. That's something I can definitely resonate with. You want to be able to trust the people that you're collaborating with. Yes. Yes. Uh, So yeah, like, I mean, like, it's really crazy to think that I've only known Nova for two years because I mean, it just like it like feels like I've like known her forever and like it's not just like kaleidoscopes like I like care like about like her own material as well even if she wants to branch out and just help people with songwriting you know Mm -hmm. I'm just like where do you need me you know like what do we have to do what do we have to get done this week or today or that's it yeah I think that's definitely one of my personal favorite things that I've noticed about the dynamic between you two because I'm not familiar with many other situations where there's a group and they make great music together and then the people in that group separately encourage each other and support each other 
with their solo projects. And I think whether it's your own music or what you guys have started doing with Coleco Entertainment, where you're lifting up other artists across the board, it's the most nurturing and well-intentioned, but also super, super clever just way of going about the world that I've seen in a long time. Because trying to get the attention of people to listen to your music is so hard. So you might as well tap into people who can, I guess, like cross listen, if I'm making any sense. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I most definitely like, I feel like that's like the like greatest explanation of it all, you know, like it's not just us trying to, only lift one thing up it's like that's why like I said it's so important to me to work with friends and family or people that I intend on making friends and family because we want to see everyone elevate just as much as us and if we rock with your music or your brand we genuinely rock with it and that's just I don't see where the non-support comes in with other people within their groups but that's one thing that we never wanted to do like is shun any sound like even live free or like Kira Nova like those get like just as much love as kaleidoscopes and same for other artists that we rock with like Ivory Poison Ivory and Drew Amani and uh The Point um which are other acts that we've just grown to collab and just really get attached to their music just like our own. Yeah. So you've mentioned that you've done shows where you had to pay to play. And I know that you've also done shows where you have gotten paid. So I'd love to hear about how you've navigated your way through that challenge of figuring out how to get paid for the work and art that you're making? I think if I had to sum up an answer, it's consistency and progression, you know? So one, I'll say never pay to play, but if you do, I get it. Don't get me wrong, you know? Mm -hmm. And when I mean pay to play, it's like, I don't think any promoter, first off, I'll say, should make you sell tickets. If you're asking any artist to be on a bill, you need X, you know? Yeah, I mean, like, the artist needs the show. But when you go listen to your favorite artists on Spotify or buy their CD, you don't ask anything of them. You just support them. So for you to take advantage of upcoming artists, I think that's super whack. But don't get me wrong, like we did those in the beginning and, and that got us and that got us random fans and got our listeners to go to random shows. So I'm not talking shit about it because we did it. And if you do it, sell the tickets, you know, put out a song every week or whatever, following up to that show to get people to support you to buy those tickets but don't just pay to play like cuz that music cuz that like money can go into more studio time for you or making stickers for the listeners you do have or going into now we live in the age of the internet so going into promoting you know like going into like a promotions and i don't mean like paying people to give you views but 
there's algorithms now on social media where they block you from getting to not only random viewers, but your viewers. It's so, so annoying. <laughs> so stupid. It makes no fucking sense. Like, what was the point in even building this platform for us if you're going to use it against us? They want you to pay for their ads. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and like, I mean, like, that's a part of playing the game. I feel like life is all a game and you got to play it, you know? Like, it's, yeah, I mean... It's unfair, but, you know, just play it. So, I mean, tossing 50 bucks at one of your new songs could really go a long way rather than, you know, giving it to a promoter that might not even promote that show to bring out people. You know, they could just be trying to, like, line their pockets. Mm-hmm. But, um, so, yeah, like, I'm not against the ticket sales. If, if you aren't getting shows and that's your only way of getting a show, maybe trying one or two, you know, just make sure that you try to sell those tickets. Like, don't just don't just completely pay to play like put that hustle into yourself so maybe you know even if you do that you're like you know what i could throw my own show you know and oh yeah yeah you know like it's no different you selling somebody else's tickets make is no different than you selling more tickets then and just putting your own lineup and that's what we did with the very first um the very first calico fest like we threw that me nova and nick uh and we we like handpicked the artists and we set things up and thankfully we didn't go out of pocket, you know? So, but we just had to make sure that we put the flyers together. We got the promotion together and we even had one of our friends, uh, Grace, I better say you Grace. So look her up on Instagram. Uh, she is, I'm a chef in Austin and she came out and made like vegan crab cakes and Cajun rice and shit. And it was just a good ass event. And we threw that, mm-hmm. you know? But we were also a part of a lot of dope shows. But uh, yeah, the pay to play, like I said, I'm not talking shit. If you're going to do it, just learn from it. Use it as a learning experience. But if you don't even want to be concerned with shows, just be consistent and put out music. You know, the best way to think about it is nobody's like waiting on it. So give them something to wait on. Mm. Yeah, I like that. I've never thought about it that way, actually. Man, that's, that's cool. my buddy Nick right there. That's my buddy Nick. Like, <laughs> like making music and like he's like, why aren't you putting this out? I'm like, I don't know. Like I got to think of this whole release and da, 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 da. And like he's like, nah, man. Like, I mean, we'll put some like artwork on it, but like people need to hear this, you know? And I'm like, oh yeah, you're right. Because like I overthink everything. Everything. Life is full. And with so many different things competing for our attention, it's easy to lose track. Even when it comes to my top 5 to 10 favorite artists, I've missed several new releases, and weeks or months can go by before I realize they have new music for me to listen to. So when it comes to building an audience for our own music, how do we make sure that there's a group of people that are actively paying attention, waiting on new music from us? Whether it's creating limited edition merch, posting videos, previewing artwork, the list goes on. Put in the work to connect with your listeners and communicate. Let them know they have something to wait on. Something to remember to check in with you about while they wait. There are lots of different paths you can take to do this, but whatever you do, make sure the strategy resonates with you. If it doesn't feel right, then... You'll have a hard time being consistent about it. I learned this the hard way. With publishing this podcast. (laughs) It took me a long time to get to the level of consistency that I wanted. So, 
Try something, and if it doesn't work, try something else. Try something else. Find the thing that fits. I think one of the other things that I'm really impressed by that you and Kiranova do is you've gotten really good at making little videos to get people excited for when a song is going to come out. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. You're like, welcome. That's, yeah like that's one thing uh, we've like learned too is like people love the music, but they also want to like connect with you as a person and just like, we can't talk to everybody individually, but even just like giving them that like FaceTime and knowing that we're just as excited for them to listen to the song as they might be to get new music. Like it's like the feeling is very mutual. And I think showing people that gratitude goes a long way. Mm -hmm. I can definitely see how it would make people more excited to do things like buy your merch, especially in a situation like we're in now where yes, all your shows got canceled. So all that income is not coming in right now. Uh, man, Rona, Rona 2020. It's uh, yeah, we were getting some, uh, we were getting some festivals, man. Uh, a couple months ago, we just formed into a band, so we perform with the band sometimes, and all that to be on hold right now. It's uh, it's a feeling, but we're very optimistic and we're opportunists. Is that the word? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we're uh, we are opportunists. So. Where there's a will, there's a way, and we're gonna keep finding a way to cut through. But yeah, it was um, it was like a sphere right to the heart when all this stuff just started canceling show by show, event by event. Like, yeah, because uh, one of our last shows was actually So Far Sounds, and we were talking, uh, we were like in talks with them to branching out to like Houston and San Antonio, and just uh-huh. we're on hold right now. But it's all good, you know. Um, Cause we did actually think, uh, I mean like thankfully right before all this happened, got together with the band and recorded two live videos link up, which is off our EP. And we did a cover of Travis McCoy and Bruno Mars, a billionaire. So those are on YouTube on our website. And so people can still experience the band because, mm-hmm. uh, I feel like not a lot of people know that we make music with the band too. Yeah. So, um, I mean like thankfully we got to link up with everybody and, and shoot a video shout out to try randall um and we got that out there but I yeah well <laughs> it sounds like you're doing everything you can to navigate through yes yes doing trying all that good stuff <laughs> <laughs> we've made it about halfway through the show and we're gonna have a quick pause Ads are irritating distractions, so they'll never be a part of the Musicians Can Thrive podcast. There are three things you can do that would be super helpful, though. Whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on, subscribe. Share this episode with someone you think would enjoy it. Text it to them, email it, or post it on social media. Lastly, if you're feeling extra generous, leave a quick review on your favorite podcast platform. All you have to do is just put those stars don't have to add anything else unless you are feeling like you have something else to add. I appreciate your support. Back to the show.
feel like I didn't understand as much as I should have before this year the value of interesting merch. And now that there are so many artists without that performance income, like merch is really one of the best ways for fans to help keep things going in between yes. all these shows now. Yes, yes. And it's so, like, it's so, like, another, like, crazy wild thing was is we got a bunch of merch to, like, prep for the So Far Sound shows we were going to be getting, uh, the festivals, the other shows we were going to be a part of. And, like, so, like, we ordered, like, we got, like, a bunch of shirts, different colors. We got pop sockets, stickers, fucking buttons, and... They're all on our website if you guys want to support and please go buy some. But we just have all this stuff that we were ready to sell to people in person, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, But either way, we're going to put out material and just keep on, I mean, like navigating people to show them how they can still support us. But just like it like hit us really like hard at first. And we were like, damn, we just got all this shit. But uh, it's all good. <laughs> yeah. Man, that disappointment just hits on so many fronts. <laughs> but you do have a new song coming out very soon as the Live Free project, right? Yeah, yes, yes. So I don't know if it's a project or if it's singles, but I have new music coming out. This coming up week, I have two songs. One is called Good Morning. It's produced by Q Young. She's based out of Atlanta, but we actually met back in Indiana. And then another one is actually produced by me and uh, my buddy Jake adds some parts in there and that uh, has Nova on it. She does some background vocals, but my buddy uh, RC McCree is on there with me and those two songs are dropping this coming up week. And those are just going to be singles. I have a project, like an amount of songs to be in a project form with my buddy Espo. Uh, Espo Productions, but we don't know if we're going to release them as singles or a project, but I'm definitely just going to be releasing music over uh, the next couple weeks, just but yeah, starting next, uh, today's Sunday. So starting this week, I'll have two singles dropping. Oof, I'm going to be trolling your Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Well, it's because you do such a good job of building up that anticipation. Like, whenever that first video dropped, I was like, oh, shit, here she comes. <laughs> yes, yes, thank you, thank you. And, like, that's another thing, too, like, just running with, like, ideas, you know, like, at least, like, form it. So that was an idea that I just had on a whim, and I was like, you know what, let me just do it. And if I don't like how it ends up coming out, then it just doesn't come out. But just by going on the feeling and we made this song, we shot it. And I was like, yeah, let's just release this, you know, like entertain people. Cause that's what we are at the end of the day as entertainers, you know, even if it's mm-hmm. just through audio and like, not like visual people want to be entertained for the couple of minutes or hours that they are tuning into. Yeah, that's for sure. And then when it does come to the show, you and Nova do such a fantastic job of pulling in the crowd and really getting them to engage with you. It's so much fun to watch. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. It's uh, definitely something that uh, we pride ourselves on. Um, ever since the very first show, we always uh, communicate with each other on not only what like ourselves like 
how great we did or what we want to do, but we also give each other feedback. And I know for some people, they can take that constructive criticism in a rough or weird way. And that's something we never have done, you know, like, and even when we're like, just like suggesting something on the fly, like we know that we don't mean anything. (laughs) Like I'll never forget. There was this one time. Uh, so during allowance, sometimes I'll do like some like backing vocals uh-huh. and, uh, uh, we were on our way to a show, uh, and like, uh, I was like, no, it was just like, if you're going to sing like during allowance, like, could you not be flat? And I just started laughing. <laughs> I'm like, damn, I'm like, all right, all right. Well, like, I mean, like sometimes like I do be flat or like sometimes like I do like hit that shit. So I mean, like, I don't like blame her at all, but like, I mean, like little things like that, like, I mean, like go a long way, you know, cause then you know, or like sometimes like show, cause like I'm not nervous to be on stage. That's actually where I probably feel most comfortable in this whole world. But sometimes to start it off, you know, sometimes I just got a little bit of nerves and, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes like she'll suggest like move around a little bit or this and that. So over, over the shows, as I mean, you've like, just like, I mean, like complimented, like we do like a good job, like at like, bringing people in she's definitely helped me be more comfortable with engaging in the crowd and kind of like telling them like let's have a good time or just being more like having more like communication with the crowd like the like chants and stuff that we do sometimes I don't think I would have ever thought of those things if it wasn't for her you know like there are always things that I thought to like incorporate but it just happens so like naturally with just the I don't know, the bouncing ideas like back and forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that you guys actively discuss that in such a open way. Cause I feel like trying to figure out what to do to put on a good show can be really elusive. Mm-hmm. And so if you guys are just constantly open to iterating and trying out different things, then no wonder you find something that works. Yes, yes, most definitely. And too, like, I mean, like, I've been doing this for some time before we met, and she's been doing this for some time before we met. So it's like two worlds coming together and just like combining what we know. Like, one thing that she's told me and Nick is that we have a real old school, like, method about the promoting and just like getting the music out there. And she knows a lot more on like, the industry end and stage like she's been on crazy stages you know like Mm full-on production type shit so i think us just combining all the knowledge we know and putting it in one pot and just fucking stirring it and you know taking out what we don't like and putting in what we do or adding more or less of this like it's just like a formula that's we're always willing to work on and like I said, like it takes a team to do that. Cause like if any one of us was hard headed, I don't think we would get the results that we do. Yeah. You wouldn't be able to work together in the way that you are. That's for yeah. sure. So as a producer, how did you get into that side of things? <laughs> oh my God. Uh, I think it definitely started with the guitar. Like, um, I always like, so like, as I started getting into like DAWs, uh, digital audio workstations, as I started even experimenting with those, I realized you're just like recording a bunch of tracks. And when I first started playing guitar, 
I would have these like cell phones around my house. So I would like play a rift, record it, and then press play out loud and start creating another, I don't know, like melody or lead over that. And sometimes I would record both of those phones, press them play at the same time, hop back in and play something else. So in a way I was already tracking myself out like on like cell phones, but I never knew that. So uh, when I started making music, Nick's just very good at like looking at one plus one and equaling two. So he would like take me to these home like studios that we found and he would just watch and be like, oh, like they have a computer. There's a software on this computer. They have this mic and speakers and that's how what she's saying is coming out. Like, so he like over like a month span of time, we invested in a computer. He found me um a cracked version i'm sorry pro tools uh cracked version of pro tools uh we got some monitors and we got this mic and we got headphones and before i knew it i had a studio in my basement me being as hard-headed though as i was like that oh my god this man has so much patience like so <laughs> i mean like who you see and how i'm talking right now was not always live so um he got me all this stuff and i think he learned how to use it before i did and um, so, yeah, we would like record stuff and demo things. We only put out one song of our own. We would still always go to the studio. Uh, so I kind of already had these things. And I always and I had Fruity Loops, too, at the time. So I always had the tools to produce. I just never connected the dots. So as I advanced over the years, I finally got an iMac and I bought Logic. And all this was just to record like demos and stuff. And then after just honestly... My progression through music, which I'm trying to learn how to flip it, has always been through boredom. Now I'm trying to, or now like I have been moving straight off of excitement and positive vibes, but before it was always boredom. So Mm. I got bored and I decided to go buy um, a MIDI keyboard. And then somebody showed me some things on my computer and they gave me a plugin called Massive. And then I just started creating like melodies, but never did I call myself a producer. And over the span of a couple of years, I just had all these loops on my computer, beats, things I would rap to. Um, and March 4th of the song on my EP, I was telling you about that. The hook's actually from high school. I made that in a house in Gary when I first started to perform, like when I first like started to make beats and like melodies, I actually made those keys years ago. And then I, um, I gave it to my buddy Shawshank and he actually created like the rest of the production around just my keys. But as I like, I want to say when I actually started like thinking I could put things like actually put out a song that I made was Link Up. And that's the last song on our self-titled EP, uh, Kaleidoscopes. I was making that song and I was at work and I thought of the lyrics. So on my lunch break, I went home and I produced a little bit more of it and I recorded the lyrics to it. And that's actually the first song that I wanted. Uh, um, I wanted uh, Kieran Ova on. And then once we like finished it, I'm like, I want to put this out. Like I feel comfortable. Like this sounds good enough. And then ever since that one, I just kept on producing and started inviting people over and asking them to just listen to them. And some people would lay down stuff. And so I guess it was just like a span of like four, four years of me just like kind of doing it in the dark. And over the past year and a half, am I finally bringing it to light? Mm. And now like, I'm just like, 
embracing that it just sounds how it sounds, you know, like my production just sounds how it sounds. And, but yeah, I don't know. It's still something I kind of get in my head about, but because like, I still don't know if I call myself a producer, but I have a song out that I produce. I have other tracks that I've given to people that I produce. So I guess that makes me a producer, but I don't know. Like when I think of producer, like <laughs> Timbaland and people like that come in my mind and I'm like, I don't know, man. Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you're putting in the practice and it's paying off. So yeah. you're doing it. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. When you're figuring out what you're going to release and what you're going to sit on, what do you consider like about I, each track? I think what I want to say, um, like, just what one thing I've learned about is for like the first couple years I made music, my content was always about like making it, like making it, making it. There was a couple songs that broke through about me, like songs like Evolve. Um, I love that song. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Songs like Evolve, March 4th. Uh, the Early is a good one. Those are more songs about me. One thing I will say about Nova too is working with her, like just having these sessions where there was no intention of what this song is going to be used for and this and that. We actually got to channel into like songwriting, I feel like. And I kind of forgot I was talking about myself in a way and or people within my life. And I was just writing. And then when I would finish it, I'm like, damn, like I'm about to say this shit out loud. Like Say to You is a very vulnerable song to me. And it sounds so like sweet and simplistic and straightforward but for somebody of my caliber or of whatever just somebody like me where i was at the time now i could do it but like where i was at the time saying those things out loud just made me feel very vulnerable and like soft (laughs) um to where i don't know beforehand i don't think i would have ever written a song like that or that honest Yeah, uh, yeah. Range out to my windows, with an elbow and real slow. Listening to instrumentals, notes in some my windows. Trying to figure out when these demons gonna get gone. Gonna get gone. Gonna get gone. Range out to my windows, with an elbow and real slow. Listening to instrumentals, notes in some my windows. Trying to figure out when these demons gonna get gone. Gonna get gone. Gonna get gone. Lean back, relax a bit, go ahead, take a drag of piff. Her fluffies and mattresses, thoughts in my head, doing tactic shit. Have a wonder how a person turned into a dope fiend. Cause I had a couple friends, now they don't know me. One had a real name, now they call him dopey. And I'm just trying to figure out how the world gon' see me for me. Earlier in this episode, Liv mentioned a song called The Early, and that's what you're listening to. If you'd like to hear Sadie, check the show notes for that link. Drops in my windows, why the hell burn real slow? Listening to instrumentals, notes in 
now so when i think about because before how i put out music it's like oh what is this person gonna like like this is gonna hit in somebody's car this and that now it's like resonating with people like so if it like resonates with me and where i'm at and i need something to say i know that that's gonna sit well with somebody else i don't know about like the mass of people if i said that right but i know that there's other people out there that feel exactly how i feel and if this song or these words are like moving me in a certain way then that's just what the world needs to hear right now Mm. i love that i think that's exactly what it needs to be and like it's just like i think trusting your gut and moving on feelings is always the way to go you know like and like i always love when people are super honest like i love like interviews i'm a very avid interview watcher and i was actually watching this one on machine gun kelly and he was saying how he junked a whole album the last one he just made before he made it he had a whole album ready to go and he just junked it you know he said it just it wasn't it and then he ended up putting out this whole other album which i feel like it just feels like i don't know what that man's going through but it feels like okay like like i don't know like it sounds like you got some shit off your chest or it sounds like you're dealing with some shit finally like dealing with it like coping with it and i feel like that's how i feel about like my music like songs like say to you like I'm accepting the fact that it is what it is right now. Or even the like last clip I just released, uh, what is it, like Key Lime. I was in a very good place, uh, or like I am in a very good place. And there's a lot of things going on around me, whether it's with the world or with people that I love. And I just can't take on their stress right now. And one of the first things I say is, I've been getting the feeling I'm done with the act and my words no more hold that reassuring reaction. Like, I can tell that my outlook on life isn't the response some people want right now. But at the Mm -hmm. same time, like you're coming to me for a conversation and I won't give you advice, but you also can't feel a way when I'm not like agreeing with everything you're saying, because I honestly feel like life's not that bad. Like, unless you're like ill, you can always see the glass half full, half empty, but everybody's got to discover that on their own. So, um, yeah, that's how I go about releasing music now. Just if I'm feeling something, if something's really heavy on my heart, heavy on my mind, I need to get it out. And I feel like everybody should do that and not even in song form, but if you have some form of therapy, cooking, writing, anything, I think you should pause and do that. Mm. Yeah. Speaking from personal experience, it it helps. (laughs) Yes, good, good, exactly. And there's so many people that ignore that because they don't have time or something else, like a problem is more important than their peace. And that's not Mm. true. You know, you can't pour from an empty glass. Yeah, because if you're not okay in yourself, with yourself, then it's really challenging to do anything well, whether it's making art or just, Going through day-to-day motions. Yeah, or like even waking up and enjoying your morning, you know? You wake up and you feel like, oh my God, another day. Like, life shouldn't feel like that. And I think that's how I started to feel about music. I'm like, like, what is is supposed to come out? What am I supposed to make? What am I supposed to share? And Mm. when you 
are really feeling something, none of that matters. So that's what's helped you move through the feelings of maybe I shouldn't do this. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. Wow. Well, I know I've said this before, but I love that. (laughs) (laughs) At some point, that's just all I've got. Like, (laughs) I can find a different way of saying it, but (laughs) the sentiment's still going to be the same. (laughs) When it comes to releasing music or publishing anything that you've created, there's always this question of determining when it's ready. Some people get caught up in seeking perfection, and that ends up holding them back from publishing. Perfectionism quickly can be a handicap to your work. But at the same time, you want to release things that you're proud of. Your work represents you as a creator in the world. So how do you find that balance? The one between not getting stuck in perfectionism and not releasing music that makes you go, oh, I wish I'd made that better. This is something I've recently been thinking a lot about. I put my heart and soul into making an EP in 2017, and I released the first two singles because I had this burning pressure to release something. I hadn't put out any music since 2009 when I was still a kid, so I rushed the project in ways that I shouldn't have. Now here we are three years later, with most of the songs still sitting in my Dropbox. I've made the choice to go back and redo parts of those recordings, so I can share music that I'm proud of, with no insecurities at all. In my case, trying to avoid perfectionism became too much of a focus, and it ended up hurting my work. At some point, publishing more frequently gives you practice so you can hone in on what that sweet spot is for you. The challenge with that is, like I said, that balance. But sometimes... Deciding what to release is easy. You just know. The music needs to come out. There's something inside you that needs to be heard. So you make it as good as you can, and then you release it. Well, I guess one of the last things I wanted to hear about is you did move from the Chicago area to Austin and there's this thing out there that people sometimes think I need to go move to a music city to do music more and I would just love to hear about your experience of moving and getting started in a new community. Yeah. So in a sense, I think like, like I said, I'm from Indiana, but like, I think a lot of people that don't know Hammond or the Midwest, like the like Midwest session where I'm from Northwest, we're considered Chicago land. So I've always been so close to Chicago, like 25 minutes, 20 minutes down the road, depending on the time. Sometimes it takes a little longer if there's traffic, but I can even take like the back roads to Chicago. Like I've had friends like that, like bike there. So in a way, I've always had a city close to me to train me for that. And um, like I said, like, God bless Nick. Um, he didn't let us being from some town in Indiana stop anything. Like, so we did all we could. 
and we branched out into Chicago, did all we could. Like one of the last things I did before I moved was play House of Blues Chicago. Shout out my buddy, Mike Golden. He was having his, yeah, like uh, he was having his uh, reunion show for Cardboard Cutout, which was like a rock, punk rock band alternative. And because now he's like his like own like entity, like Mike Golden. But, uh, and like Mike Golden and Friends, like was like another band he was in or still in. But um, so yeah, like we did a song. He, uh, he hopped on my song March 4th. Uh, which is um, on my No Stress EP. And uh, he asked me to come play that song with him at his show for his uh, band. Uh, it was like a 10-year reunion show. And I got to play at House of Blue Chicago. And after that, like I wanted to feel that high so much, whether it was a release or like another show. And after a couple weeks or a couple months after that, I'm like, I'm like, like I like felt myself being like stagnant. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to move. And I was either going to move to Chicago or just move out on my own for once, just be completely on my own. And then uh, a friend of a friend I knew got accepted for a job in Austin, Texas. And I saw the tweet on Twitter and I was like, what's in like, so they were looking for like a third like roommate. So it wasn't like I planned to come to Austin. And to be honest, like I didn't even know Austin, Texas was a place. Like my bad. <laughs> I had no idea. Like I had like I had to like fucking like Google it and see what it was about. And actually this is gonna be really embarrassing, but I don't care. Like I like being honest. Um I w- I I lived here for three months before I realized this was the capital. <laughs> I had it's no It's all good. <laughs> no I idea. was ignorant too when I moved here. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah so like I mean like so like it wasn't like I moved here for a specific reason I just knew that I had to relocate like uh-huh. I just had to keep it pushing just like how you target market a different like demographic or something yeah. I just knew that I didn't have all the resources and funds to get my music out there but what I could do was like physically put myself somewhere else and apply the same method I've been doing somewhere else and all it's going to do is get me more fans and I can combine my fans and listeners, whatever, and just keep doing that. And I was willing to do that as many times as it took. So when I came to, when I finally decided to move to Austin, I didn't make music for like a year, a year and a half. I tried to. And I think there was just a lot of things that I had to go through and like filter through within my own brain and within me. So yeah, like I had a writer's block for like a first year or something. And then I decided to go back to school And as I was just getting back being inspired, I realized just apply the same method you've been doing. And really it's just consistency and hard work. Like, because the rest will just follow. Like we have to remember us as musicians and artists, especially what we seek is already within us. It's your job now to hone in on those skills and really get your message across. But nobody can teach you to do what you already like willingly do on your own, which is like, I don't know, it naturally flows and wants to come out of you. Like, so getting back to that, I just applied the same method here. But, um, and like, I mean, I'm willing to do it again too. Like I love Austin. Austin has became a second home to me. I'm from Hammond and I'm from Austin, you know, like, and I know mm-hmm. there's some people that that doesn't make sense to them. They're like, what do you mean? Like, Austin's <laughs> home? like you've only been here for three years. I mean, home's what you make it. Home's where the heart is. I've got friends and family here now. Like there's people that I love and I check in on here and that's what home is to me. So, but like, I'm also not attached to it. Like I'm willing to, like, if 
I ever start to feel stagnant, I'm ready to pick up and relocate wherever I feel like I can touch down and do the same thing at, you know, like what I'm doing here is no different than what I did back home. And Mm -hmm. I mean, like it goes to the extent of Nick suggesting, Hey, let's grab some demos, hop on the train to Chicago and go sell some demos on the street and coming back on the train with like 72 bucks in our pocket, you know, like it's Mm -hmm. the same method, you know, 72 bucks is now turned into a different amount of money. And it's always going to do that, you know, like, I feel like somebody told me, like, if you can't handle $1,000, you can't handle a million dollars. And I think the same thing goes with everything. If you can't handle putting in the work on a smaller level, what makes you getting signed one day being able to handle that? Or being able to have like a bigger budget, if you couldn't even handle a hundred dollars. Like if you couldn't manage recording a song, putting artwork, putting it on the internet and even tossing 10 bucks on your Instagram or Facebook thing to get it out there, that's not going to change when you're on. You just, it's just something that I feel like, like, that's why, like, I don't think, I think that there are places that will help you advance. Don't get me wrong. Like, but at the same time, I think it's like a 50-50. Like it has to be you and wherever you're at, not just only. Because like there's people now that are like making it in their bedroom in like Oklahoma, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. but yeah. I think that's an important <laughs> distinction. Thank you for that. Uh, you're welcome. Well, I could easily talk to you about like a million <laughs> more things for music. <laughs> but... <laughs> Um, for the sake of people's ability to retain yes. their attention. <laughs> Is there anything that we haven't talked about that you would like for musicians to keep in mind? Um, work with your friends and work with people you enjoy being around. That's the greatest thing. I can say, cause either way things are going to happen, you know, and wouldn't you just rather enjoy them? Yeah. Like, um, I think everybody wants to know who to work with or what DAW to buy or this and that, but like, you know, there's no difference from you and your friends making music on Pro Tools or Cubase. There's no difference from you guys throwing a show or being on a show. Um, your story's going to happen and accolades are going to come. And at the end of the day, the last thing you want to do is look back and not enjoy those memories or because there were certain people that you felt like you had to deal with or certain places you had to go. Yeah. And uh, just be consistent. You know, everything else you guys will figure out together. That's the thing, too. If you're working with people that all of you don't really like each other, nobody's really trying to figure it out together. Like, so just work with people, work with your friends, work with people you like, and just be consistent. Couldn't have said it better myself. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Liv. I really appreciate you coming and sharing your stories. It's been so much fun. Appreciate you. So much fun. So much fun. Awesome. Well, where would you like people to find you online? Right now, there's one source for everything, and it's kaleidoscopesmusic.com, K-A-L-E-I-D-O-S-C-O-P-E-S, music.com. 
that took us forever to learn how to spell by the way so don't <laughs> don't feel bad like if you're like uh but yeah because it took us forever but uh kaleidoscopesmusic.com i got my own tab on there for live free and my own stuff's on there kaleidoscope stuff is on there nova stuff if it's not on there there will be a link to her website so uh yeah that's just the one-stop shop and we're on all social media kaleidoscopes music Please check the show notes for links to find Live Free's music, social media, Kaleidoscope's music, and all that fun stuff. One last thing before you go today. There are techniques, strategies, and routines that work best for different people. With that in mind, I encourage you to consider this. How do you choose the people that you work with? Are they invested in the project like you are? Do you enjoy spending lots of time working with them? There's very little that we can accomplish entirely by ourselves. So check your circle, check your support system. Lean into the people that bring out the best in you. Personally, I'm like Liv. I would prefer to work with people that I consider friends and family.